Thanks for listening to the Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center podcast. For more information about the church and our ministries, go to bluffcityawc.com. And you can follow us on Facebook by liking our Facebook page, Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center, and find us on Instagram with our Instagram handle, bluffcityawc. having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. We'd set our Bibles down and lift up our hands one more time. Let's seek the Lord right now and pray that he would open up our understanding and give us ears to hear this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you right now humbly. Lord, we come to you and we're submitting ourselves to your spirit and to your word this morning. I pray that your word would go forth with authority and with power. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the word of the Lord would say into our lives. And that we would, during this time we have together, yield ourselves to the ministry of your spirit that so desires to accompany your word this morning. Lord, let it change us. Let it make us more like you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. amen. Thank you. So, what's the first thing? Just a pop quiz. What's the first thing you're supposed to do when you get deserted on a desert island? Sister Lauren, what's the first thing you're supposed to do? Everyone, knows, this is common knowledge. You've never been trapped on a desert island? Well, the first thing you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get as many rocks and coconuts as possible, Austin. You're supposed to spell out, help me, on the sand, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Um, And then bonus points if you use fire. Uh, If you can incorporate fire somehow, you get bonus points. But uh, whenever you're in trouble, Brother Stoney, you, you, you immediately, upon recognizing that you're in trouble, you try to communicate the need for help. You try to get the word out. I need some help. I need something's going on. I found myself somewhere that I don't know where I'm at. I found myself in a circumstance that I don't know how to get out of. I don't have an answer for. I need some help. And so this morning, I want to minister the word of the Lord for just a little while on that topic. That there is a world that is messaging out and crying out, help us. The same way in Acts chapter 16 that in the vision that Paul saw, there was a man from Macedonia that the Spirit put him in contact with that was saying, help us. We need you to come over to where we are and help us. And just like in Acts chapter 16, Paul had that vision that there was a present need, that there was a group of people, that there was even just one individual that needed help. There are people that we come into contact with daily, weekly, that are verbalizing the same cry. They're saying, help us. We are in a place where we don't have an answer for what we're facing, and we desperately need help. They desperately need help. One of the hardest things to say is help. One of the most difficult things 
for most people to say is that I need some help. Whatever tone you say it in, whatever level of emotion is involved, there is an admission latent in those words that I can't do it on my own. There is something happening that I don't have an answer for. And if we'll be honest this morning, you probably can empathize from personal experience that it's difficult to, ver it takes a lot to verbalize that sometimes, doesn't it? Right. Especially for those of us who are a little more stronger willed, a little more uh, so we, we think of ourselves as very resilient. It, 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 it's difficult. It can take an awful lot to actually come out and communicate that to somebody. It takes self-awareness. It takes honesty. It takes vulnerability to say, I need some help. I need someone to come and help us. Every day, the Spirit of God is calling the church to address that call for help in the lives of people all around us. And if we can't hear it, then we are not listening. If we can walk through life and miss the fact that there are people that are spiritually in a place where they don't have answers for the things that they are facing and the problems that they have, and we are not hearing it, then it is just as simple as this, church. Then we are not listening. Because it is happening all around us every day from every angle. Amen? And if we hear it and we don't act, then we don't care. And I know that that's a harsh reality. And I know that that's just a very concise way of putting it. I know I haven't qualified that statement by saying anything that might soften it in our spirit whenever we hear those words. But if we hear the voice of those crying out to the church and crying out to God, looking for an answer and do, doing everything that they have to do to reach the place where they say, I need some help, and we don't act, then we simply don't care enough. To him that knows to do right and does it not, to him it is sin, the scriptures say. And outside of growing in your personal walk with Jesus Christ, there is no activity in the life of a believer that takes precedence over the personal commitment to touching somebody's life with the gospel and making a disciple. We can go all through the New Testament and we can look at all kinds of things that we are supposed to have emphasis on in our life as a child of God. But outside of Kate, you making sure that you're right with God and outside of your personal walk with God remaining intact, there is nothing that any of us should be more engaged in, more interested in than hearing the voice of the spirit as he seeks to put us in contact with with those who are crying out and saying, help us. That's why during our midweek ministry, Brother Gleason has identified the number one action of the church as that as we go through life, we are supposed to make disciples. Acts chapter 16 tells the story of Paul and his companions on their way to Macedonia. They were on their way to answer the call of God. They were on their way to do the will of God. 
and they had their eyes fixed on the big picture. There had been a vision. There had been a man of Macedonia who said, come over and help us. And suddenly there was this revelation that there was an entire region that was ready to be harvested for the kingdom of God. There was a region called Macedonia that was crying out and saying, help us. Tell us what we ought to do. Show us how we can be saved. Introduce us to the God that you serve. And they've got their eyes on the big picture. And they've got their eyes on the horizon as they set sail toward Macedonia. And no doubt they were thinking in their minds, we're going to impact this whole region. There's going to be hundreds. There's going to be thousands that respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and that turn their life over to God. Acts chapter 16 goes on in verse 11. If you've got your Bible and you'd like to follow along, you can see it for yourself. Acts 16 verse 11 tells how the story picks up after they determined that they were going to set sail and go to Macedonia and answer this call under the will of God. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, or however you say that, and the following day to Neapolis. Let me stop just on that verse for a second. And say, someone needs to pay attention to those words that are in there. They made a direct voyage. Somebody needs to make a direct voyage this week. Because maybe you have been hearing the call of the Spirit. Maybe you have been hearing the call and the cry of those that you're around that are looking for help, that are seeking out answers. And maybe instead of making a direct voyage, so to speak, and going directly to them, maybe you've just been meandering a little bit. This would be a good place for us to look at how Paul responded to what God was directing him to do and see that when Paul determined what the will of God was and that there was a need and that it was the will of God that he go, Paul immediately made a direct voyage. This wasn't, you know, how sometimes whenever you fly, you make a bunch of stops along the way and you got to, you know, if you're flying from St. Louis to Los Angeles, you know, they might take you up to to Chicago and then they take you to Minneapolis and then they take you to Denver and then they'll take you to Phoenix and then you finally you get to you get to Los Angeles. Paul didn't take he didn't buy a ticket for one of those voyages to get to Macedonia. He made a direct voyage. He made a direct path to the place that he saw God illuminating his steps toward and he started to engage the will of God. Makes me think of the Old Testament story of the prophet Jonah. Maybe that's where your mind went to today. When God spoke into Jonah's life, just like he spoke into the apostle Paul's life. And Jonah knew where he was supposed to go. He was knew he was supposed to go to Nineveh and preach repentance to them. And that God was going to do a great work in the city of Nineveh. But what did Jonah do? Jonah bought a ticket to go the opposite direction. And he ran from the will of God. He ran from what God had directed him to do. And eventually God got his attention. God grabbed him by the shirt collar, got his attention, and ended up doing what he was supposed to be doing all along. But maybe you haven't been running the opposite direction from what God's been dropping into your spirit. But maybe you've just been stalling and meandering a little bit and not making that direct voyage. I want to encourage somebody today. If God's been dealing with you about talking to somebody, about opening up a conversation with a family member or a friend or a coworker or a neighbor, that's, that, that's not your flesh. Let me help you. The flesh is never going to instruct you to witness. <laughs> that's always the Holy Ghost. And so if, if we put the Holy Ghost on pause, then that's on us. 
And what we're doing when we do that, Brother Mike, is we're making ourselves liable to the Holy Ghost having to take some other measures to get our attention. And I've done that before. I don't like it when the Holy Ghost has to get my attention in a way that is unpleasant. But it's happened before, and maybe it's happened to you. Let's not do that as a church. Let's not let it be said that during this season, the Holy Ghost had to shake us and hold us upside down and shake us before it finally got our attention. And we finally walked across the room and had that conversation with the person that God's been dealing with us about. But let's make that direct voyage. Verse 12 goes on and says, from there they went to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia. And it's a Roman colony. And they stayed in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, they went outside the gate to the riverside where they were supposed to be a place of prayer. And they sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple, who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord... This is what I love. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. I'll be honest with you. A lot of times before we come together on Sunday mornings, that's my prayer for all of us. That the Lord would open up our heart to pay attention. Can the Lord do that? You better believe he can. To the person that maybe the Lord's been dealing with you about walking across the room and starting that conversation with or sending that text message and initiating a conversation about God, but maybe your hang-up has been, ah, they're not, they're gonna, they're gonna blow me off. They're not gonna, they're, they're not interested in that. The Lord did a work in Lydia's life that day by the river. The Lord caused her to pay attention. The Lord arrested her attention and caused her to pay attention to what Paul was saying. And I just believe that what the Holy Ghost did back then, the Holy Ghost can do today. And that that person that maybe you're thinking, they're just going to write me off. They're just going to blow me off. They're not going to pay any attention. They're going to be annoyed by me when I bring that up. No, 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 no. I believe the Holy Ghost can open up a door and give you the response that's a greater response than you had ever anticipated. Because God still causes people to pay attention to what a person of God says when they start to speak in faith. And every single person right now under the sound of my voice, you need to hear it loud and clear. You are a person of God. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. And God wants to use your voice to speak into somebody's life. And if you'll just open your mouth, God will cause them to pay attention. To what you're saying. Yes. He caused her to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after that, she was baptized and her whole household as well. Yeah. Something significant about Lydia, her household, is that they were the first converts. They were the first disciples of Jesus Christ who were born again on the continent of Europe. Everything to this point had transpired in the Middle East, in Asia. And now there's a door that's been opened because somebody went to the riverside, had what seemed to be a chance encounter with a group of people that the Lord caused her to start to pay attention to what the word of the Lord was flowing through a man of God. And now all of a sudden there's a new harvest field that's been opened up. An entire continent is now opened up for the kingdom of God. This was a massive step forward for the gospel. And let me tell somebody right now, it might be that one person is the door to unlocking your school. It might be that one person is the door to unlocking a harvest and a revival across your factory and across your workplace. Amen. Do you believe that today? I just believe that the Holy Ghost can do things further than what I can see with my natural eye. 
And when I see, let me just, some people might have thought back then, during this time period, this all happened. No doubt, everything that had ever happened within the church had happened within the Middle East, had happened within the confines of Jerusalem and, and Israel and in that geographic area. No doubt there were people back then that thought, you know what, this is just a Middle Eastern thing. This is just a Middle Eastern religion. This is just an Israelite thing. This is just, you know, a Jewish branch off of the Jewish religion. This is just something that is confined to this particular territory. And uh, it's really only that's something that certain people are going to get. You know, this isn't, this is just something that is just for a particular group of people. But thank God there was someone who caught a vision to reach the lost and to make a disciple. Thank God there was a man named Paul and Silas and his companions that weren't too busy thinking about the big picture. That they missed what Jesus wanted to do in the life of one person and her family. Thank God somebody wasn't too busy being a comfortable Christian. Thank God there wasn't somebody who was too busy and that overlooked you and me. But when they stepped out in faith into your life, Jesus did in your life what he did in Lydia's life here in Acts chapter 16. The Lord caused you to pay attention to what was going on. The Lord opened up a door for you to walk through to respond in faith. Thank God there was someone to stand there with you and to take that step of faith with you. Maybe you can remember right now the day that God first got a hold of your heart. Don't get distracted. Don't get too busy for souls, church. Don't discard the most important thing that Jesus told his church to do. Paul, Paul didn't allow, here, here's, what, here's something that's so key for us to see. We've got an entire city to reach. We've got an entire county to reach. But Paul didn't allow the help us of the vision he had for the entire region of Macedonia. To get in the way and cause him to miss the help me of Lydia at the river that day. I know we've got a daunting task. I know we have a vision for the whole city. I know we have a vision for the whole county. But there are people in your life that while we may be in a setting like this and we may trumpet the help us. And we may look at the big picture together and imagine what God is going to do in our entire community. Don't walk out this week. And forget and neglect and cause that to get in the way of that one person who's saying, help me. Paul wasn't just somebody. Paul and his companions weren't just people that had a vision for what God wanted to do on a wide scale. But when the time came to invest in one person's life, they were willing to take the step of faith and do what was necessary. Somebody saying, we've got questions. We're in a crisis or even just I need a friend. God's spirit is still speaking, trying to make connections like he did in Acts chapter 16. God's spirit is still speaking, maybe even right now in this room. Maybe the voice of the spirit is speaking to your heart and he's trying to make a connection between you and a lost person. He's trying to make a connection between somebody who needs God in their life. And somebody who is willing to invest in a person and take them up as a disciple and teach them what it is to be a person of God and pray with them and teach them and answer their questions about the word of God. 
Some might look at a passage like this and say, you know what, I see where Paul had a vision. I see where that happened, but to be quite honest, that's just something that happens to Paul, isn't it? That's, that's, that's a Paul thing, you know? That's, that's a Book of Acts thing. That's something that Paul had happen. And sure, he had a vision, and there was a man from Macedonia say, come over to Macedonia and help us. But that's just something that happens with Paul. He got direction from God, and, and that's not something that happens on the regular today like that. But I would disagree with that. I would say that there's an element present in this passage that tells us that every single one of us can operate in this dimension that the Apostle Paul was spoken to by God. I believe that there's something present in this passage that we kind of read over sometimes. And I'll be honest, I read over it all week long until last night. And I sat down and I read this passage one more time and asked God to open up my mind and open up some understanding to me just one more time. And I read past it multiple times this week. And it positions us to have a God moment. And here's where, here's where it is. Here's the key, I believe. Here's what the Spirit started to reveal to me yesterday evening. Acts chapter 16, verse 6, the first verse we read together. They went through the regions of Phrygia and Galatia, and they'd been forbidden by the Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And they came to Mysia, and they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Twice in two verses, Paul is submitted to and obedient to the Spirit. Now, sometimes we don't read it like that because what the Spirit is doing is the Spirit's telling them no. Sometimes we only think of, I've been obedient to the will of God when, when he says yes, and then I go. But sometimes he says no, and I stay. And that's still being yielded and submitted to the Spirit of God. Yes. And it's only after Paul has demonstrated his obedience to the Spirit of God twice that in verse 9, a vision happens. And he starts to get direction from God. Why did that happen? Here's how I can tell you that that's not just a Paul thing. It's not just something that God dropped onto Paul and it was something that only happened with him. But Paul positioned himself for that. He positioned himself for it whenever he demonstrated through his actions and his spirit that he was submitted to the direction of God, even if that direction was no. You want to know how to step into that dimension where God gives you direction, where God causes you to have a vision or whatever avenue he decides to speak to you through. It comes, you position yourself for that whenever you're obedient to the Spirit of God, whenever you're submitted to the Spirit of God, when you're yielded to the Spirit of God. You might have two stop signs. In the spirit before you before God gives you a roadmap to what to do next. We need to stay in position, church. I know it's easy during this season to spiral and to to to, to distract, but we don't need to be distracted. We need to stay in position. We need to let the spirit get a read on your coordinates. And you need to demonstrate to God that you are trusting God for direction, and that when you trust Him for direction. He will give you the direction that you need. There'll be a flow of God's spirit that opens up in your life that will unlock a dimension of power and purpose and direction that you've never experienced before. And you can have an experience like Apostle Paul where he gives you divine direction and sets you up with a divine appointment with somebody that needs to hear the gospel. Yeah. 
that maybe has never even crossed your mind before. Let me ask this morning. What do we think that God is most ready to release his power into? The answer is at the very beginning of the book of Acts, before Jesus even ascends into heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria into the uttermost part of the earth. The place where God is most ready to release his power into is your witness, is your testimony. Is your ability to walk across the room and start the process of making a disciple and caring for somebody and investing in somebody. That is where God wants to open up a flow of his power more than anything else. Sometimes we think that God is most God most desires to heal people of their afflictions and certainly he does. But the power of God first and foremost is for the purpose of reaching the world. And not just reaching the world, but reaching that one person that he puts you in contact with. I believe that the Spirit of God still operates that way as the musicians come. I believe that it is the will of God. I have a, I have a steadfast conviction in my spirit that it is still the will of God to speak that way to someone today. Do you have faith for it? Or do you think that that's just something that Paul does in the New Testament? I believe that there's people in this room right now that are positioned. You've been submitted to the will of God. You've been listening to the voice of the Spirit. And you've been waiting for God to give you direction. I believe that there's individuals right now under the sound of my voice that are perfectly positioned to have a God moment today and to receive direction for the week and the month ahead to start doing the will of God, to start impacting somebody's life. I believe that. Let's stand.